the commitment that people have. It's the top 20 educational school in the country, education is through the roof. The commitment that we have made to our, for instance, right now, we're building a new $160 million facility right now that's going to be state-of-the-art, which no one in the country is going to have for your personal development and what we have. We have coaches that won the five coaches that have won the national championship. Ooh. We have coaches that have put as many NFL players in the NFL as we can. Afterwards, you're talking about this. We're the sixth richest school in the country with Ooh. an $18 billion endowment for Ooh. life after ball. You're talking about one of the two largest alumni associations in the country at 550,000 alums. There's 109,000 people at every game. You're playing an SEC schedule each and every time. And here's the important thing. I want, do you want to go somewhere that has won a championship or you want to be the first to do it? The people you remember, the guys that really make a difference in the world are the guys that are the first to do it. If you go somewhere else and just be another guy, you're just another guy. Come here and be the first guy to ever do it and set the standard for a new organization. Those are the ones that got statues outside that they talk about all the time. <laughs> I love it. Jimbo, Alex Jones, Fisher there on the um, the sales pitch for Texas A&M. There's one I, lo- I loved in there that he snuck in. It was really fast. You, you couldn't hear it if you weren't paying close enough attention or if you were still stuck on, uh, are they really a top 20 education? Um, six richest endowment in the country. And then he said, uh, he said, with the six richest endowment in the country uh, for life after football. The endowment doesn't have anything to do with the players or life after football. Right. You think that the the school's endowment is paying players after football? I, I don't even know what that statement oh, I, means. I'm, it's paying the recruits, Teddy. It's not paying the, uh, the, the, the guys that have actually uh, played through the program. Well, it's not even doing that. <laughs> I mean, oh, they're finding a way to funnel money in somehow. But no, I, I, I hear you. Yes, he is. He is Alex Jones. That was on the Colin Cowherd show. I wonder if after if he said, Colin, you know the Illuminati's real, right? Hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> they control all the continents, all the countries. They control our money. All, all that crazy media that you see, Illuminati controls that. You know that, right? You know that the, the eyeball back there on the back of the dollar bill that proves their existence, Colin. Trust me, I know. Yeah, yeah. Nick Saban's the uh, the leader. Yeah, I, right. Jeez, yeah. that's exactly Amazing. what I what I expected to hear from uh, Jimbo Fisher. Or, or a and you you mentioned earlier that all fans are a cult. Some OU fans took an exception to that on the text line. I wonder when A and M fans hear that they say, "Yeah, that's our guy." Yeah, six richest endowment, whatever. Or if they realistically say, "God, this guy's a nerd. He's really our head coach. We're really paying him seven fifty. Seven hundred fifty million over ten years. Well, here's the here's here's what happens is you know at least this is my take. Whenever you're talking to someone and that's like how their spiel goes, it's insincere, and you feel like they're saying it that fast because like they're trying to talk past you and over your head. Like you can't even can't even grasp what's going on that's not a conversation it's not a way to 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 give a sales pitch at all now i know he said the other day that he likes to talk fast everyone's he don't want to waste anyone's time likes to get to the point quickly but you're not getting to the point quickly you're constantly passing the point you know strange yeah uh texas a&m calling it now done it before on the show they will be uh, the most disappointing team in college football this season because I think they're probably going to be preseason ranked in the top ten. 
Um, I am trying to decide whether they'll win seven games or whether they'll win eight games this year. I'll let you know. Seven or eight? Yeah. I don't know. It, are you think that's is that honestly where you think their range is going to be? Yeah, I just they got it. I mean, they weren't a good football team last year outside the Alabama game. They lost to both Mississippi schools a year ago, and they lost to Arkansas early in the year. I just I don't understand where all the hype's from. I understand they had a great recruiting class, but I think A and M's going to be very similar to what they were last year, which is a very average team, very average team, and they can't count on the Alabama win this year. That ain't happening. Boy, I'll tell you what, man. When you look at their schedule, they play Miami, which you know I don't, I don't, I don't really even know what to expect from Miami this year. But you know they've got a quarterback that everyone really loves. They got a new staff in there. Uh, we see what what Cristobal did with Oregon, and I don't expect it just to be, you know, clicking on all cylinders the third game in, but. You know, it's 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 an interesting game. And then they have Arkansas at Mississippi State, at Alabama, at South Carolina on the row. Yeah. And it's interesting because those those aren't your typical like Arkansas's not your typical tough game, but Arkansas's gonna have a good football team. Any this of year. those four teams can beat them, man. Um, yeah. And Mississippi I, State is going to have a – got a quarterback that's going to throw for 5,000 yards this year. You know, what does that mean in this game? I don't know. You're on the road. It's going to, It's not going to be easy. I think they play eight games in a row that they could lose. Miami at home, I think they could lose to Miami at home. Arkansas and Arlington at Mississippi State, at Alabama, at South Carolina, Ole Miss and Florida at home, at Auburn. I think they could lose any of those eight. Yeah. And obviously, I think they're going to lose a lot of those eight if I'm picking them to maybe go seven and five. They better find a quarterback. If they don't have an answer at quarterback, if if they've got – if Calzada's their guy, he may get better from, from what he did a year ago, but I don't I won't expect it to be a, a massive jump. He's a, he a 56% completion guy. 17 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Like, just, just kind of a guy, you know. Yeah. Just kind of a guy. I get, like, I just have this gut feeling that, you know, everything caved in around Jimbo Fisher this off season. He was made out to look like the, you know, the dork out of he and the Saban exchange. All that. I just have this gut feeling that we're going to point back to that moment and say, wow. That's when it really all started to crumble from Jimbo Fisher. Because, man, I, I don't think two things can coexist. I don't think you can coexist a heavy NIL program and a program with great culture. I don't know that for sure, but I don't think that those two things realistically can coexist. And I think especially when you have a program that is really funded by NIL and that's how you get top recruiting classes, I think really once it starts to go bad, Buddy, it can get bad in a hurry. And I just feel like it's going to get bad for A&M early in the season. They don't really have the culture to withstand, you know, something like that. And it really crumbles down this year, and we kind of see, you know, I don't even know slowly but surely, but we see the A&M program with Jimbo Fisher really, really, really take a dip. Really take a dip. I don't think they have the culture to withstand, 
you know, a whole lot of uh, losses early on in the season, some things going wrong. I don't think that that's what they're about. Well, the problem for Jimbo is he has been so outspoken and so demonstrative on all of these things, like like this recruiting take. Loud, in-your-face, fast talker, you know, the the Saban thing, the number one recruiting class and, and how they pulled it off. Like, they've painted a massive target on themselves, him specifically. And if they go out and have a great year, okay, congrats, no big deal. But if they go out and have a bad year, if things don't go well for him, like, people are going to cave in on top of of Jimbo Fisher and A and M. Yeah, like it's going to be it's going to be a big talking point, and everyone's going to be pointing their finger and laughing at Texas A and M. Yeah. By the way, uh, Calzada transferred. He's at Auburn now. Uh, he. Oh yeah, that's right. He went from A uh, and M to Auburn. Max Johnson, your favorite right. player, from LSU to Texas A and M. That's right. Which, you know, but I thought they have a battle, though, don't they, at quarterback? A&M, yeah, they've got the uh, incoming five-star quarterback. God, what's his name? He's a baseball player as well. There, There's a thought that uh, Max Johnson, he looked, he looked good during the spring game now. You know, don't, don't sleep on Max Johnson here. I think we got a hot shot uh, incoming freshman quarterback. Max Johnson can play. That was kind of the yeah. – the scuttlebutt around A and M, I guess. Like Connor Wigman, thank you. Text line, yes. Yeah. Well, uh, like that's going to be that's going to be the big thing for them as quarterback. Quarterback is is critical because they've only been good in a small stretch when they had a really good quarterback. Outside of that, it's all kind of been the same. Yeah. And they've uh, had a bunch of really good players through their offensive line, defensive line. It's all kind of ended up the same. Text line, a great recruiting class shouldn't be an indicator of being a great team the same year. Very no. rare for a true freshman to contribute significantly. No. Yeah. A lot of people align their expectations with the recruiting class, and that text is exactly right. Nailed it. You, you shouldn't want it to, you know. If if you've actually got good players and you're in a good position and you're set up to go have a good season, even if you have a top recruiting class, you shouldn't get big contribution from those guys for a year or two. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you take Jay and Tulsa, if we ever needed proof that A&M was indeed a cult, we officially have it with Jimbo. Yes, Jimbo the snake salesman. Snake oil salesman, sorry. The most important yeah, thing is they beat Bama last year. Jimbo sounds like a car salesman. Yeah. All right. Fast talker, not to be trusted. Not to be trusted. Um, you know what's annoying about Texas A&M is the same thing that is annoying right now about Texas. We get annoyed that Texas looks like complete junk in nine to ten games that they play a year. But by God – they show up to Dallas second weekend of October and play their best football game, don't they? Woo! Texas looks like a different football team against OU than they do at any other part of the schedule. Definition of a front-running football team. You know that a and is going to be the same way when they play OU, right? 
And I think even oh, Arkansas yeah. is probably going to be the same way too. Right. No, I um, – it's a – well, here's the thing is teams almost always end up mirroring their coach, their head coach's personality. And what does that tell you about Jimbo Fisher or in his team? Write a bunch of checks you can't cash? Is that what that means? Is like, I'm trying to figure out like how to translate his personality to his football team. Well, I, I'm going to be interested to see his players in post-game interviews. Haynes King, <laughs> you played great today. How'd you feel? Yeah, it's like to thank my offensive line, thank my wide receivers. Defense held up great. Yeah, time of possession was great, too. Yeah. They talk yeah. as fast as him. That'll be entertaining. Yeah, well, I don't know. I, I don't expect a whole lot from Texas A&M, but – I honestly don't know. I, they've got an interesting schedule. Could be tough for them. Um, but if Max Johnson, surrounded by better players, has a better opportunity there, better system that fits him, maybe you get some better play. But I don't know. And to expect a five-star freshman quarterback to come in and play like he did in high school, is not realistic. No, it's not. Uh, here's and th- all those teams that we mentioned on their schedule, every single one of them have quarterbacks coming back, except for what Ole Miss doesn't. Yeah. I uh, I don't know if this is a uh, spell thing by all of your fun- – when the text line says Jumbo instead of Jimbo, I find that very entertaining. So huh. please keep that coming. I like that. Man, they got you right underneath that speaker. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, of course, they're making a super loud announcement. All right, uh, real quick before we hit a text here, or excuse me, hit a break here, there's an interesting text on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Someone asking the worst stadium that we've ever been to. The worst stadium that I've ever been to, Shea Stadium in New York. Was the biggest really? dump? Yeah, it was. Yeah. The old Shea Stadium was pretty bad. College football wise, <sighs> Baylor's old stadium. Well, I was gonna say Floyd Casey Stadium was pretty bad. Had the tarp Kansas in the end zone. Stadium's pretty bad. Yeah, I might have to go. I don't know for sentimental reasons. Do you just say the Cotton Bowl? Uh, <laughs> the Cotton Bowl's the worst. No. Well, actually, maybe it is. It definitely. As far as amenities and accessibility. Yeah, accessibility last year was terrible. Oh, my God, it was terrible. Right. Yeah. But it's even better than what it was at one point. Yeah, it probably is the Cotton Bowl now that you mentioned it. That's probably right. Is it bad that I want it, the answer, the correct answer to be the Cotton Bowl? Like, that's what I'm rooting for. Yeah, everywhere else in the Big 12 now is, I mean, Kansas, you know what you're going to get at Kansas. It's not that bad, though. Huh. It's probably the Cotton Bowl. Yeah. Uh, good one on the text line, Independence Stadium in Shreveport. Yeah, that's if it's not the Cotton Bowl, it's definitely that one. I've never um, been there. It. Yeah, it kind of resembles the rest of the town. I think that's all you need to know. Okay. Yeah. 
I can't think of any others that Old were... Orange Bowl place was a dump in the slums. That's from the 918. Yeah. Notre Dame is the worst. Okay. The Shoe, not even close. Huh. The Shoe? Yeah. Notre I'm, Dame? I'm surprised to see those two. I didn't think Notre Dame was bad. I didn't think the Shoe was bad. Um, the Old Orange Bowl, I've actually been to that. I don't have much of a comment. It looked bad. I, I hate the Orange Bowl Stadium. So I'll throw that one in there. <laughs> yeah, the new one. Uh, yeah, it it completely yeah. looks different than what it did twenty years ago, but it may be worse. Yeah. All right. Uh, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Final hour rolls on here from Newcastle Casino. Opinions. You've got them. We want to hear them. Sound off 24-7, 365 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at Me and Josh, we've been on these guys since January, February, like even that far back, and just kind of see all these uh, all these recruits commit to us, see it come to fruition. It's been really awesome to see, and, and we did play a pivotal part, just reaching out to them, making sure they were feeling loved by us and by the staff, and just making sure you know they knew where uh, where home was, and ultimately that, that's Norman. And uh, for the rest of the summer, I think we've got a couple more. I don't know for sure yet uh but the commits but i think we have a couple more coming towards the end of july that's five star quarterback ou commit jackson arnold saying uh yeah got a couple more at the end of july well one of those or i guess the last one potentially in the month of july could happen in about 35 minutes as four-star defensive lineman Derek leblanc out of the state of florida is going to announce Six foot four, two seventy. He'll have an OU hat on the table, a Florida hat on the table, and a Penn State hat on the table. And the Crystal Balls say that uh, OU will be the hat that he eventually puts on and announces his recruitment. Which this would cap off one of the most memorable months of recruiting that OU's had in a while. Nine commits in the month of July. I don't remember a, another month where OU's had nine commits in a month. Um. I think they had nine commitments in uh, November of 2013. Oh, did they really? Who were the nine yep. commits? I don't remember all yeah, of them. But okay. I was hoping you could at least give me one, but I guess not. Penn State's interesting. Um, I guess James Franklin, another talker, is uh, really starting to claim that this time around, like they've really got everything structured the way it needs to be. Well, that's odd because four years ago he told us, hey, you know, we're just so close to Ohio State, and I promise you we're going to do everything in our power to make sure we close that gap with Ohio State, which it was like, oh, wait, you weren't already doing that before, but now you're going to? Oh, okay. Right. They have not closed the gap with Ohio State in case uh, you haven't been paying attention. That lines up with uh, we're putting as many guys in the NFL that we can. 
from Jimbo Fisher. I didn't think about that, but those guys are pretty similar. Like the sales guys, it's always a sale of what's to come. Well, if you come here, this will happen, this will happen. It's a constant sale, and there's no real – there's no real substance to anything that they've done as of uh, as of late. Huh. They have – Texas A&M has improved. Oh, a COVID Orange Bowl doesn't count. I don't count that. No, I'm just saying I think – haven't they improved most every year under Jimbo Fisher? Or is that not true? I mean, in like – Overall the, record. No. That last year no, they were like a four-loss team. They've been about the same. They were nine and four. This started in eighteen. Nine and four, eight and five. COVID year they were nine and one, and then eight and four last yeah, year. And they faked COVID so they didn't have to play Wake Forest and lose to them in a bowl game. Right. That's right. And then they faked it. Uh, no, hang on a second. They won the Orange Bowl the COVID year, but then they faked the COVID last year yes. is what you're telling me. Yes. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah they yeah, beat yeah. North Carolina in the COVID Orange Bowl. Nice. Big time. North Carolina. Had them right where we wanted them. Just couldn't finish down the stretch, you know. <laughs> Actually, they got hammered, didn't they? they North Carolina. North Carolina Not- was getting hammered. I think they came back and made it a game. I want to okay. say. I, you know. I, yeah, that thing uh, has lost some steam there at North Carolina, hasn't it? Well, what did he say last week? Someone said, um, "Are you? do you think your team is criminally – someone asked Mac at ACC Media Day, do you think your team is criminally underrated this year? And he says, well, I hope so because we were criminally overrated last year, which is like the <laughs> perfect response. I'm like, God, I love you, Mac. Uh, that is fantastic. Um, by the way, a few other texts on uh, the worst stadium ever. Sean says Owen Field pre-2004. Uh, yeah. Is that right? I mean, the whitewash at the on the outside didn't look very good. Yeah, it's true. The Rose Bowl, that's on the text line. I don't know. The Rose Bowl's not that bad. The way it's set up is interesting. There's not really like a concourse. Like whenever you get, like say you're sitting down and then you want to go uh, grab something, you go through the little tunnel. The tunnel takes you directly out of the stadium. It's weird. Yeah. my And I love, the, I love my one time at the Rose Bowl. I thought it was awesome. I'd also ask, though, if you picked up that stadium and you put it in the middle of a cornfield in Nebraska – would it still be thought of as one of the jewels in all the college football? Like, is it more about the mountains and the setting around it than the actual stadium? It, no, it's more about the name of it. Yeah, well, that too. That, that and the fact that that game is played there every year. Like, if it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for the actual Rose Bowl, it would just be considered a crappy stadium. I uh, okay. I, I found your answer. I. Well, the text line found your answer, but here it is. And actually, back-to-back people just texted it in. You played at this place in high school. There's a hint. Leo Donahue Stadium in Fort Gibson? <laughs> That's a close second. The old Lewis Field uh, in Stillwater. Rust-Oleum. Oh, my God. Is that what they called it? Oh. Oh, my. That. 
A truer statement has never been made. Yeah, and not only was it a terrible stadium when you played it in 99, Weatherford beat you guys, I think, 187-3. to Yeah, in the uh, snow and sleet, and then our bus got stuck in the parking lot mm. after the game, and we were there till like, 2 in the morning. Uh, we didn't get back until, like, 5 a.m. to Fort Gibson. And then the Monday after that, we had a school shooting. Jeez. It was a horrible three days. Saturday, Sunday, and Monday were horrible. Were you at least wearing your runner-up medal around your neck on the bus while it wouldn't start? I can't remember. I was wearing my Fort Gibson letter jacket, I think, and I had a hoodie underneath it. I was comfortable outside. <laughs> um, fill in the blank here. Text line, you can help as well, 405-651-3439. The best defense in the Big 12 this year will be blank. You can go by numbers. You can go by eye test. I don't really care what you go by, but who's going to be the best defense in the league this year? Ooh. I Man, that's hard. Baylor is a candidate. OSU, I'm sorry to the folks out there that are haters. Line's good, man. OSU is a candidate. ISU is a candidate just because of the recent history. And hmm, is, is the University of Oklahoma a candidate or no? They are a candidate, yes. Uh, not previously under the recent coaching staff, but with this one, yes. So, just I, I do want it to be known, though, that I asked Teddy who the best defense in the conference is going to be, and he listed off 40 teams or 40% of the teams in the league. So, that's kind of where we're at right now. Hey, that just tells you uh, how good this conference is. Does it? Right. Is that what tells yeah. me how good this league is? Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. What was the exact order last year? Was it was it Baylor or was it OSU Baylor ISU? Uh, ooh, yeah. And this is a team that perhaps sleeping on a little bit. Kansas State last year, as far as total defense, it was Oklahoma State, Iowa State, Kansas State, Baylor. Scoring defense, Oklahoma State. Baylor, Iowa State, Kansas State. So, and Kansas State was right there close, man. So now we've named half the teams in the league, and I still don't have an answer. Do you throw West Virginia in there, too? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh. I have to go, I think I have to go with Baylor. Why, why do you have to go with Baylor? They lost a decent amount of production. <laughs> I mean, God, OU lost production, and the program's going to fall off a cliff. Baylor lost production. I'm sure the national thought is they're not going to be able to tackle anyone this year. So you think they're going to be the best defense in the league? Well, Baylor lost production, but who, who lost more production? Oklahoma State, Iowa State, or Baylor? Uh, well, OSU lost their D coordinator, so I, I guess I'd say that. Well, they lost their D coordinator. 
their leading tackler for the last three or four years. Pretty much their entire back end. Right, they lost a lot of guys. Iowa State lost a ton of guys. They still have Will McDonald coming back and a handful of other guys, but they lost everyone lost a bunch of guys. I mean that's that's college football. But system wise and like D line wise, I like what Baylor has. Uh, by the way, I would like to point out that um, I asked you who the best defense of the Big 12 was going to be. You did mention six teams, and out of those six teams, 60% of the conference, there was no mention of the University of Texas. Well, and, well, yeah. I, and there shouldn't be. I'm, I'm not saying that there should have been. But there was no mention, no thought to the University of Texas. Yeah, that, that's Hey, that's a program that's on the cusp of turning it around, isn't it? When we name six teams in a 10-team conference, and we don't even bring up those guys. Yeah, they're real tough. Yeah, Texas gave up, uh, let's see, 130 yards a game more than Oklahoma State and nearly two touchdowns a game more than Oklahoma State. So pathetic, man. God, it's how are they not embarrassed? I'd well, they be, are. Uh, are. Are they embarrassed? I think they're starting to buy the hype down there again this year, which I don't know. Yeah. Well, you think what? You think they're starting to buy the hype? Well, they have been. I know. I they've been buying yeah. it for a while. I just I it took a minute for that to sink in. I was like, wait a I, second. I don't. Hang on. I don't know how they're just not a beaten down fan base at this point, but it's just it, I don't know. It's it's like I saw someone today. Some national guy, I don't know who he is, but I saw someone tweet out a quote saying that um, USC can definitely be, yeah. trying to find it, USC can definitely be a national title team or something like that. It's like, God, give me a break. I, I don't know how many games USC yeah, here it is, is going to win. Here it is. There's no denying that from a pure talent standpoint, the Trojans can make a title run. Oh, really? There's no denying that? Because I would like to deny it in a hurry, please. Yeah, well, I'll fully admit that I don't, I, I don't know how good USC is going to be or not be this year. I don't. I don't know enough about like the guys that were on that roster previously, and you know, can you do the Frankenstein thing and put a bunch of different guys together and and throw in a bunch of NIL and expect all that to gel? I'll have to see it to believe it. But and I'm in no way am I saying title run. They're they're not anywhere close to the the top teams. But as far as how many games they win, their schedule is so easy. I if if Kansas State played USC schedule, like would you consider Kansas State a like a middle of the, well maybe they're a little bit better than the middle of the road. I think Kansas State would kick USC's ass this year, just for the record. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's not close. Kansas State was 8-5 and five last year. If Kansas State played USC's schedule this coming year, they'd be a, a, at least a 10-win program. Well, at I, least. I, I know. And they'd have a chance to beat Utah and Notre Dame. 
but they'd win all of the other games I, without I a doubt. That the same thing's been true for so long for USC, for Texas, um, for Florida State, for Miami. But God, their schedule's so easy. Well, sometimes that doesn't matter when you suck. I know. You're right. You're right. I mean, the best team that they play, other other than Utah and Notre Dame. Oregon State. On the Washington State. Yeah, right. I know. Still, I guess maybe, maybe Fresno Still not is, changing my mind. I still don't think that they're going to win nine, ten games this year. I struggle with eight. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Wow. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Couple of segments left. Hanging out at Newcastle Casino. From Norman to Lawton to Weatherford to Oklahoma City to Tulsa and beyond. The Ref Radio. Happy July 28th. That's 728. That's the uh, deficit OU overcame in the Cotton Bowl last year to the Texas Longhorns to go ahead and win on that run by Kennedy Brooks with just three seconds left. Was it the best OU-Texas game of all time? Teddy and I both say yes. Was it the best football game we've ever seen in our lives? Teddy and I both say yes. Was it the best that I've ever seen an OU crowd? I'm going to go ahead and say yes on that one too. Great, and I wasn't at the uh, 2000 OU Nebraska game, and the crowd was great for 2008 OU Tech, but I've never seen an OU crowd like that before in Dallas. Uh, yes, you are correct. Um, the home crowd against Nebraska, that was awesome. The, I was not there for the 2008 situation that you are talking about. But that was a, a, a crazy, energized, booze-fueled crowd Amen. that Amen. was insane for really like two and a half hours. Right? Isn't that about how long it lasted? Because it was 28-7 right at the end of the first quarter. And I think right there to start this second quarter is whenever Caleb Williams had that long run to make it 28-14, right? Is that right? Yeah, I think that's correct. And OU went into the locker room at halftime down 17. Was that it? 17 maybe? And there was a thought of, oh, my God. I I think OU was down 17 going into halftime, and it felt like OU was a possession away from taking the lead. Never felt anything like that before. No one, I, everyone knew, like, this team's in this game, we might come back and win. Crazy. Down, th- down three scores, that didn't normally happen. Yeah, the score, the comeback was crazy. But even if it wasn't a, a comeback in nature, everything else that happened in that game was crazy. There were so many. I remember, like during the broadcast, we had a list going of things that you rarely see in football games that were happening, and it was just—it was incredible. I, one of which was a wild fox uh, running across the field. Yeah, that was, was a forgotten part of the game, but that got a big, big uh, 
crowd ovation. I, I would yeah. say um, special teams gaff, but that was actually kind of a part of the norm for the past four years. But that did happen right. that day. You know what OU should do? Um, anytime you're playing in the Cotton Bowl against Texas and you find yourself down and you're in need of a spark, there should be like a random person from the uh, from the crowd that's puts on like a fox costume and streaks across the field. Yeah, um, you're asking a lot for an 11 a.m. game, but I, I think it's totally doable. I was yeah. hoping that you weren't going to say like the guy in Happy Gilmore that drives the Volkswagen Beetle out <laughs> on the fairway and like runs over Happy. Want to go to the Sizzler? My treat. <laughs> if yeah. I if I need to dress up, did you say nude in the fox costume? I guess hmm. I, I was thinking of fox, fox costume, head, fox head only, fox from the fox uh, neck head. Up. Fox head and fox tail. Looks like a fox from the waist down. Yeah, um, I'd be willing to do that next year if things go poorly enough. Uh, that reminds me of a picture I saw. You know, the British Open. Oh, no, you're going to have to talk for a second. Okay, are they announcing who uh, who is the winner of the free play for uh, next Friday night or uh, what? Yeah, they put Teddy right underneath the speaker over there at Newcastle Casino. <laughs> oh, my God. That... Tyler. There's a 2004 sedan that has their <laughs> lights on in the parking lot. The license plate number is XLC484. That's XLC484. Your lights are on. Thanks. Was that what that was? Oh, my God. Basically, I can't. So, just so people know, I'm wearing a headset, and these headsets are like noise canceling. You can't hear very much outside of it. Like all the time people come up and they're talking to me and I have no idea what they're saying. Can't hear them. It, that intercom is so loud that it hurts my ears through these noise canceling headphones. <laughs> and no disrespect. Yeah, that, that voice it, though that was just on, it really kept, I mean that cut oh, through back, back here to me. Like, I can see all the people in here, like, whenever it comes on, they all, like, duck and cover real quick, like a firecracker went off. You know, it's pretty uh, funny. I don't even remember what we're talking about now. Something about OU Texas and me streaking across the field in oh, a fox yeah, costume. I was talking about the it – rem, it reminded me of the picture I saw recently with the British Open when someone said, this is the still one of the greatest pictures of all time. It's John Daly had just won the British Open. He's got his horrible mullet. He's kissing whom I guess is his girlfriend or wife, and she's wearing, like, one of those – remember those old, like, matching – Oh, I've seen the photo. I think it like, used to be the uh, background on my phone for a while in my early yeah, 20s. She's wearing, like, one of those those warm-ups, those jumpsuits, like, from the 80s that's, like, white with, like, teal and purple. And in the background, there's a guy streaking, and on the he's naked and on the back of his – on his back, there's the, an arrow pointed down that says 19th hole. <laughs> Just there's so much going on. It was hilarious. Uh, I don't know how we got there, but I'm sure glad we did. <laughs> All right. We got to hit a timeout. We got the final segment coming up next here from Newcastle Casino, I-44, exit 107.